0: Welcome to the 3 to 10 Project. Two white cisgendered males who've been friends for over 25 years. Exploring race, gender, and education by talking through the intersection of our experiences with what we're reading, listening to, and thinking about. And most importantly, considering how to show up moving forward. It's a long term commitment, three to 10 years of anti racist culture building. I'm Mark. I'm Reed. Just a quick note on the name for this podcast Three to 10 Project has been borrowed from Resma Menicum. You can learn more about this idea and about Resma at the link shared in the podcast description. Let's get to it. Yep, and that's Mark's footsteps. Turns out he's a bit more coherent when he is running. Good morning, Mark.
1: Hey, good morning.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm now wait, breathe. before we get, before I even ask you about your run, I, I, I have to yeah. understand, I want to be proper in how I'm addressing you today. Um, I, yeah. I don't know if, if it should be the Honorable Mark Waxman, uh, Chairperson. Right. I don't know the right honorific to put in front of your name. So, are, are there rules I need to follow now?
1: No, and I'm not. Uh, I'm not a chairperson. Uh, not the chair. Committee oh, there member. Might be an opportunity. <laughs> I'm a, school committee member, right? So, yeah, officially, I even got sworn in this past week. Um, It took about five seconds uh, at the town hall with the town clerk for a three-year term on what is called the King Philip Regional School District School Committee, which is the school district that has three towns in it and covers middle and high school. So, yep, (laughs) beginning my term, I'm actually meeting with the superintendent on Monday. Um, He invited me to come in and talk. And hopefully with the outgoing chair of the committee in the next few days as well. So, yeah.
0: Well... Okay, so congratulations. Uh, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to bury the lead on what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, So in in a minute, yeah, I I want you to kind of go back and just explain sort of how this happened. And then I'll be interested to hear not just how, but why, you know, what what are your intentions? Can you give us the uh, the kind of rundown on you know your campaign and this 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 meteoric <laughs> rise to political power <laughs> that suddenly happened?
1: Right, right. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a real life park and rec story, right? Where you <laughs> go from this <laughs> build each each uh, election. Anyway, um. Yeah, so I think here's the deal. You know, I've been living in this town um, for almost five years. And even a few years ago, um, I had, I saw that there was this election for the school committee, and it's been something that's kind of always been on my mind about what it's like to be on these committees. In fact, I don't know if we talked about this, but in high school, I was the representative from my high school in my senior year to the school committee in Worcester, oh, and actually... I didn't know, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, so I think that's the one election I actually ever won against some other person. Uh, who knows if anyone actually even ran for that. But anyway, I was uh, I, I did that, and I always so I think even from way back was kind of interested in how decisions got made. Certainly at, in twenty plus years in public education, paid attention to that, especially the time working in the central administration. At Denver Public Schools, working, you know, and sometimes pretty closely in, involved in the school board type processes. So, anyway, what happened here is it was kind of like a random, but kind of, I guess, you know, you follow your path and things kind of wind up happening. But, you know, I've been involved in this. Coalition for Diversity, Equity, and Social Justice, mostly people from the town that is north of us, and, but really generally focused on education stuff, and as we, I don't know, I think it was like in one of the meetings, kind of realized, oh yeah, there's an election coming up. There's a seat on the school committee open. Maybe I should run for that. And so I think I just said, like, to the group, hey, I- I'd consider running for that. We were talking about, like, whether anyone would be interested in doing that type of thing. So, you know, as I started looking into it, it was pretty clear, like, it was pretty straightforward. You get 55 signatures or something. And, you know, you get on the ballot. And kind of the interesting thing was, initially the incumbent was not going to run. And then all of a sudden he decided to, but he didn't get enough signatures to get on the ballot. Because he did it. It started too late. And then he said he was going to do a write-in campaign we really didn't know what that would mean. And I really didn't know so the bottom line is I didn't do any um, any promotion or campaigning and he did like a very little bit on social media and the long story short is out of about a thousand people voting I think I got Close to 700 votes. 200 or so people didn't vote, you know, left it blank, and then maybe 50 people voted for various write-in candidates. With this guy getting like 35 votes. So there you go. There's a story. Not very exciting, but that <laughs> is a
0: story. And it's a how long's the term for? He said three years. Three years. Okay. So let's, so let's talk about why, like what, I know you said, you know, there was this discussion of the work you're doing with that uh, diversity, equity and social justice group, but what are you, what's your intention by being on the committee? Like, is it connected to those issues or like, what, what are you hoping to accomplish?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've gone, I mean, I, I think I have a little like, platform, which I think is a bit jargony, which I could certainly share. You know, really like, here's one way to think about it. Since the kids have been in the schools, my sense of the schools have been that they're very conventional or traditional, meaning they haven't changed much in 30 or 40 years. In fact, when I... As, from what I can tell, as much as a parent who's paying attention can tell, what I've noticed is, um, it reminds me of the school experience I had in Worcester Public Schools, you know, whatever, 30 years ago, yeah. and, um, and I'm not <laughs> bragging about that experience for sure. So I think in some ways what I'd like to see is change, like evolution, to a more, you know, what have we learned in 30 years, and how could that begin to be applied to this school system? Um, And maybe one way to kind of summarize it would be like, you know, these 21st century skills. In fact, you're much more the expert than I am on this. I think you sent me something that's Rhode Island competencies.
0: Yeah, I think they might be called in Rhode Island, the transferable skills, I think is the term they use. I mean, there's, they get called 21st century skills, transferable skills in Maine, sometimes refer to them as the guiding principles. But basically you know everywhere has some collection of these things that have to do with um sort of you know they they're not tied to a specific content right but it's the kind of things that everybody says they want their kids to be able to do communicate problem solve uh you know be be, be an engaged citizen uh, be a critical thinker those kinds of things is that what you're talking about
1: yeah yeah so You know, I think it's interesting you say it kind of almost like, oh, yeah, of course we want this. But there's really no evidence to me that those things have been considered. Because I really don't think that list of skills is really part of the conventional paradigm of education, which is much more, you know, you're a glass of fear, an empty vessel, being filled with knowledge by some older person that knows more and then you need to regurgitate what you've learned mm. and that's kind of the beginning and end of it so i i guess that's one piece of the other is though you know there's this whole kind of anti-racism you know push and question is like what does that mean and what does it mean in this type of school system, in fact, that might be an interesting kind of side conversation, had some interesting conversations about what anti-racism means in practice in different types of systems with different demographics, but anyway, I think there's that idea of like, we as a district should be anti-racist, what does that mean? And then... There's another part of me that's like, look, my, what I should be doing as I begin serving in this way is just listening and observing, getting the information, kind of like what's, what's going on, what are the needs, you know, what what's already happening here, where's the energy, and then I guess I'm... <clears throat> also wondering, like, I've seen a few decisions, I've seen the end result of a few decisions lately, even the decision of when and how for kids to go back to school, and I'm just kind of wondering, like, how do decisions get made, and who makes them, and how, what does that say about the district, and, and where might there be some You know, is there a place for change in just how decisions are made? So, yeah, that's kind of what's going on. I guess one last thing maybe I could ask you. I have a question for you. Is like, you know, what is it going to meet with the superintendent? Like, I was thinking, you know, he's there to prep me for serving on the school committee. But I'm wondering, like, what should I ask him? And, um, you know, what should I share? And yeah, I was just beginning to brainstorm. Curious, what you would do.
0: Well, do you know what's what's your conception of the work that the school this school committee is is usually focused on? Like, what's their what is their their power? Do you, what what can the what is the committee charged with doing?
1: Oh, well I'm gonna I don't know. I'm yeah. Find out. But I mean unless it's very strange, one of the important things it does is hire and fire the superintendent. Right. Right? And so in doing that, you know it has power in that way. Yeah. To
0: influence. So I'm thinking, you know, I think of school boards, school committees um, as having a few different areas of power. One is is hiring and, you know, overseeing the superintendent. And I want to come back to that because that's a funny relationship, I think, in most of these boards. But and then there's budget. Right. Budget is the big thing. And then policy. And then, you know, I watch a lot. I do watch a lot of school board meetings up here. Most of the districts that I work with, I end up. Sort of half watching as I'm doing other stuff, recordings of if if they record them. You know, one of the things I notice is that a lot gets talked about, and often like there might be tensions and this and questions that actually doesn't end up resulting in any change. There may not be actually action items to be taken. But ultimately, I think I'd be curious if I were you to continue to understand the superintendent's relationship to the board, because I think. When school boards work best, I think it's when the superintendent really almost is you know is leading the board, is managing the board, even though he's their their employee. Uh, because a lot of times the members of the committee, I, I'm using school board committee, it's all the same. Um, the members of the committee uh actually don't know a lot about how the thing functions, may not even know a lot about education, right? Because there are no qualifications that you need other than maybe your 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 address, right? I'd be really curious to ask him, like, how does he see his relation to the board and the board's, board committee members' relation to him? Yeah. I also, the other thing I think differs a lot is like, what are the either formal or informal ways the committee members operate and interact with each other and outside of meetings. Sometimes these things are hyper police, like two or more committee members can't ever talk, right? right? Or it's a meeting. Right. And in other cases, right. there's all kinds of stuff going on in the back room. And that's like the way we operate. We're friends and we can yeah. do things. And do you have a sense of like how sort of structured and bureaucratic the operation of that committee is?
1: Yeah. I am a little bit. First, let me go back and say, I think your idea of, like, asking how's your relationship with the school committee going? How would you describe it? What challenges or opportunities do you see with it? I might even say, like, how could I be helpful to what you're trying to do, you know, as a committee member? Um... Also, was thinking of asking, like, what do you see as the biggest areas in need of growth and change in the district? And what What are the biggest obstacles to getting that happening? Those are those are what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And just kind of circling back to our bigger theme in these conversations is, you know, we should revisit at some point. You know, how explicit. If at all, should I be and when around ideas of let's say anti-racism and you know how out there open and transparent or kind of waiting to see how and when there's opportunity to engage. But in any case, in terms of yeah how this board functions, I've watched a couple of the meetings lately, because they've been on Zoom. Um, they seem pretty, you know, not a lot of tension, um, you know, they're following the typical, I don't know, they seemed a little loose, but generally like following, what is it, Robert's Rules of Order. Mm -hmm. I think there's not a lot of communication away from the committee, but I'll be curious because it's three different towns. So each town elects two people, and then there's one person from each elementary school district. So the three towns have their own elementary district, and those have that has its own board. And then there's a rep from each of those boards on the committee, and that rep is a voting member of the committee. So there's nine members. But they're spread across three towns and different grade levels, kind of. So its I don't get a sense that there's a lot going on outside of the meetings, but I guess I'll find out.
0: I would think in your conversation with him, I think it would be totally appropriate for you to share with him some of the things that are at the top of your mind and the two things that strike me that seem appropriate to share with him. And then we think about when and how would these come up at, you know, in actually so one is a desire to have what I might just call a more student centered approach in schools or understand. Right. You know, sure. and, and, and by student centered, I think part of that has to do with to what extent do kids have choices and agency kind of in how they're experiencing school. And, you know, so that's just an interesting, like, what's his perspective on that? The other thing is, I think it's very easy to just say, Hey, we continue to be in this sort of national moment of widespread conversation around anti-racism, or at least issues of uh, race and identity in schools. What's your take on that? You know, just sort of open-ended and see where he comes in. I, you've probably gotten some evidence of that from, from what you've already viewed, but I think yeah. w- without it, without you having to necessarily say because I well then my third thought about when when you should bring up any of these things. I think they're appropriate to bring up, but it goes back to like what's the point of the conversation, especially within the board meeting because you know just suddenly making you know platitudes about certain things uh, it, when you're new probably isn't useful. but I think you want to look for opportunities within conversations about whatever it is strategic planning, budgeting, a policy, then the questions of student-centered work or any racist uh, lens on things may be very relevant. And I think you'd bring those up immediately, you know? Yeah. Um Well, you, you said that you wanted to start by sort of listening and observing, potentially. Who are you listening and observing? The other committee members? Like, who, who are you listening uh, to? At this,
1: right. Just the, uh, at the, at the highest level, just... The interactions between the committee members, what they're saying and sharing, and what the superintendent, other staff, are sharing.
0: Yeah, that's it to kind of start. Yeah, because for me, Uh, one one of the well, that makes sense. Yes, you have to listen and observe the dynamics of the body that you're now part of, and then the sort of tangential. Like there may be other. I assume there's probably other district folks, you know, uh, assistant superintendents or director of curriculum or people that may regularly be in on those meetings as well. Right. And then they'll probably be, okay. And then there'll be, you know, there there will be presentations by the principal and things like that at times. And then there'll be public comment and other times. So there's, right. but, but one of the problems is that that kind of listening is about listening to the people who already have voice. So, right. you know, I think there's this ongoing question of how do we bring more marginalized voices or opinions? How can you be a listener to to people who aren't going to be invited to the table or come to the table in that way? As, at the same time, and that's part of your probably the diversity, equity, and and social justice work is you know you're hearing some of the voices in that pocket. So I think you're you should always be observing and listening as a community member, as a five year community member you don't have deep ties in the community. So I'm just wondering like how you're going to be hearing other voices that aren't just, you know, at the table in those meetings. Well,
1: there's a couple things. So one is, it just reminds me of a few things. One, I think when I'm talking about watching and observing, listening, it's more like what are the dynamics? Di- how are things operating? Yeah. What's the system here? Um, but as opposed to just trying to jump into it with an agenda, saying like, "All right, what's what's what are the agendas that are already here?" Yes. Um, so there's it, some interesting things. So number one, the district has hired for a year, a little more than a year, starting in in May, a director of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now this is a whole other story, but it's actually someone that's working across all four districts, the three elementary districts and the regional district. And a little unclear, like, how that's all going to work, but they've hired someone, a black woman, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how that all goes. And what starts surfacing out of that work, and what, if anything, um, how, if, any, if at all, that intersects with my role. So, just kind of paying attention mm-hmm. to that. And then there's this kind of like idea of, like, well, should I be creating spaces to hear people? Like, does anyone even do that on the school committees? Like... That's one of the questions I have for, like, the chair, like, you know, especially in this age of Zoom, I could do, like, a monthly open conversation with your representative type of thing, where people come on, we talk about what's up, with people would, you know, what's going on with them, what thoughts I have, you know, have some dialogue that way. I'm not sure anyone does anything like that. But that could be interesting to do. And then there's the question of, like, how do you actually actively seek out the experience and um, input from people that just aren't going to typically engage that way? Yeah. So, yeah, um, all that's kind of on my mind. And there's one other thing, and this is interesting, It'd be interesting to come back to, a year or two. Just like this town has a re- reputation of being um pretty conservative, it voted for Biden in this past election by about sixty percent. But in the prior election, it went for Trump, hmm. and I just wonder, like. Is there a kind of more progressive um, voice or a community in this community that just doesn't have a voice? Um, and I have this kind of weird idea of, like, is this an opportunity with me being on this committee to kind of help that group have a voice hmm. um, in in the kind of larger political sense so mm-hmm. i
0: don't know well i'll give you an example of uh I, I worked with a school committee in a different state and they did some really nice work in attempts to hear other voices like for example one of the things in school committees often have you know time for public comment kind of thing um and sometimes that's tightly controlled Sometimes. It can happen throughout meetings. Sometimes it's just a little part at the start, whatever. But it kind of becomes the time for some people to maybe say some stuff. Oftentimes, very intentionally, there's there's no back and forth, there's no response. So, oftentimes, that's thought of as the time to you know for for the for the community to engage. But it's horrible. It's not an engagement. <laughs> um, and I worked with a school committee that started to really. Uh, They still had that as an opportunity, but they started to create uh, community forums, times for when they were talking about a particular issue, they would have an event that might be the hour before the school committee meeting or even on different nights where they would have a structured, facilitated way, much more open, people sitting at tables, not coming up to a lectern um, and uh, having a small group and larger group conversation. So the point is, is like that was a structural change that was facilitated by some of the members who said, we need more authentic ways to get more people coming in and talking about this instead of the five people that show up to give their little speech at public comment every time.
1: Let me interrupt right there for a second and just say, because this might be a good way to close this out today as an opportunity to kind of see what happens. The public comment right now, which I'm not sure is specifically because of Zoom, is you have to email the superintendent and then he reads the emails at the beginning of the meeting and they've set a time limit of only 10 minutes so in theory if 50 people wrote emails only the first 10 minutes of them are getting read and i think it's just not very open but i think maybe that's another thing i might say In the very beginning, I think that's a very like I don't know, like a non-political stance of saying, Look, my experience with being heard and watching how people are heard and invited to contribute is this. What, if anything, am I missing that's going on and what might we consider doing differently to hear, especially from the people that don't typically get heard well, you know, and might not feel like they can share. That, I think, might be something right off the bat to talk with the superintendent mm-hmm. and see, and the committee, and see where that goes. Is i not advocating for a position it's advocating to be, you know, inclusive of voices and, sh- and potentially shift structure or find out of what's already going on that I don't know about. Right.
0: How do you think about that. I I think that's a, a very important starting place. And it's you know, I I think that's you coming in with a, a certain position of like, I do believe we should make sure that there's opportunities and ways that people are heard but you're not coming in saying we should make an immediate change. Let's let me understand what's going on. Let's explore this thing and look and look forward. So I think that's great, especially early. And and then you'll get into. So when's your first meeting? When is that happening? April 26th. Okay. so, you know, you're also going to experience a few of these from inside and, and that'll give you some of that insight. I mean, for me. Mark, what's going to be interesting is how these school committees are generally sort of structured in certain ways. And you like to think about how do we blow up these things? And so you're going to be operating from within it. So I'm really curious over time what your experience is going to, whether you're in there and uh, just feel like I, I can't even... You know, I can see a scenario where you're like, just get me out of here. This is not. <laughs> but or there's this scenario where you say, like, how can I contribute and make this better? And, and I know that's what you're going in there with. But I'm going to be interested to see how you feel operating within what may be a pretty restrictive way things work. Um... Well, let's uh, leave it at this step. Step
1: one is to see what the system you know, yeah, yeah. Kind of map the system, so to speak, all right, all right. and then can figure out what to do within it. Um, I think I'm I'm looking forward to kind of this seems like a kind of touchstone episode where we can look back and see, all right, <laughs> this is what we thought, what's actually happened, what have we learned, <laughs> and uh, it'll be interesting as a benchmark.
0: It will. Well, I can't wait to to hear your updates uh, and and sort of how you're learning and going. I'm a big school committee fan. I I have long believed there should be an entire reality channel devoted to nothing but recordings of school committee meetings because they are... That, particularly when you get to know the characters, as I have with some of the towns I'm working with, so, I'm, I now have a whole other town or, or a whole other committee of multiple towns that I get to watch the meetings of. I mean, who needs Netflix? There you go. When you got this stuff. It's great. All right. <laughs>
1: Maybe this is the birth of a of a new show. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be funny. Um. All right. Good talking to you. All right, you two. I how how far?
0: Section. How far do you have to run now?
1: Yeah, I'm doing 16 miles. 16? I got the marathon in three weeks. So uh, this is one of the last big runs.
0: Okay. All right, well, it's a beautiful day for it, so enjoy. I'm going to head out shortly here on my own run, but it won't be for that long. I promise.
1: All right, enjoy.
0: All right, have a good day. Bye. Thank you for listening to episode 15 of the 3 to 10 project, the honorable committee member Mark Waxman, recorded April 10th, 2021. And we've got to say thanks to Random Chiz for our fantastic theme music.